Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. This episode definitely gave me a craving for ice cream and silence. <laughs> Anything to stop its blathering. I would kind of want... Yeah, ending. I craved the episode to end, uh, honestly. Yeah. Um, I always crave ice cream. I love ice cream. My God. Ice cream is great. Great, Matt. Capital- ice cream on a stick. I mean, I'm not opposed to that. I prefer it in a bowl or in a carton. I mean, all the better ice creams are in a bowl. But, you know, if you just want some, like, trashy, great thing on a uh, sunny summer afternoon, oh, man, a pudding pop or just a straight-up popsicle. Oh, that's just so good. I hear, here, here. this is, I'm going to say, bring it in me any form. I don't care. I In a in a, a soft yeah. serve, in a bowl, or in a cheapo 50-cent cone, uh, fancy ice cream in a waffle cone. Uh, a carton of ice cream, a Fruity Pebbles ice cream that is really bad and tastes like chemicals. I'll eat the hell out of that. Uh, fancy Ben and Jerry's grocery store ice cream. I don't care. I'll take it all. Bring it on. It's all delicious. It's all great. You notice how we're talking about ice cream and not The Simpsons. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by Sports on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, you can gain access to all of our bonus podcasts hundreds of hours of bonus episodes now reviewing a bunch of other shows like new simpsons episodes from like season 27 on there's a little mini sodes uh also for king of the hill rick and morty bob's burgers lots and lots of stuff to listen to and plus monthly bonus episodes going back five six years now at this point so much stuff to talk about and listen to encourage everyone there everyone to support us there and thank everyone who does support us there this week's episode is not as bad the title as last week's episode, but still pretty bad, is Ice Cream of Margie, parentheses, with light blue hair, in parentheses. Is this a call to something, Robbie? Because I, I mean, ice cream of ice cream, I get that, ice cream of Margie, but with, with the light blue hair, what is that? It is a reference to the first words of Stephen Foster's Genie with light brown hair. Uh, which is a song, huh. but the lyrics inspired the title of the sitcom, I Dream of Genie. Well, how about that? So, uh, Stephen Foster, dead, died in 1864. You know, important important, uh, songwriter in American history. That's a long time ago. Yep. Uh, I know him most. He wrote wrote Camp Town Races. He's referenced in Tombstone. That's why I know about Stephen Foster, because I love Tombstone. It's a great Western. Uh, This is Ice Cream of Margie with a light blue hair episode, HABF 22, originally aired November 26th, 2006, written by Carolyn Omine, directed by Matthew Nastic, received a 6.7 rating with 10.9 million viewers. The couch gag, the family's eyes are visible in the dark. When lights come on, the Simpsons are cockroaches who scuttle away. This is gross. No, thank you. Yeah, cockroaches are unpleasant. Roaches are gross, man. I grew up in the woods. I I woke up in more than one occasion with cockroaches on me. Yeah. That is, yeah. Yes, that is the appropriate reaction. And I uh, don't like them to this day. I think they're disgusting. Uh, probably more well, than most people. Oh, this episode. What a mess. That's what I would describe this episode as. There's things in, in it that I think in a vacuum are good, but in context of the episode make no sense, are messy and out of place. This whole episode feels like it's just cobbled together, like 50 different pieces of 50 different episodes 
just you're just some, yeah some kid you got, in a you got homer in the new job you got uh um you got the, the, the homer marge relationship you have marge just, art yeah. stuff it's just a constant mess um the episode begins with bart pulling marshmallows out of his cereal out of crustios or whatever it is um doesn't matter a lot of this um, to be fair they kind of get to the plot quickly kind of uh unfortunately like it's not really the plot i don't i don't know i don't know what the plot is in this episode because it changes constantly it is constantly shifting it's like uh what there what was that one episode that had a plot for oh, a different plot for each act i remember, i forget which one it was it's been it was relatively recent a few months ago um it feels kind of like that cuz this first this first act is bart eating cereal homer goofing off at work uh they're playing what are the names of these games matt you remember one of them is Cincinnati Time Waster. That's, yeah. that's the the one the that broom... they actually have pulled out a rule book for. Yeah, there's Broom Ball. Um, so I don't. They're 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 basically everyone at work at the power plant and in the break room are on chairs. They have brooms. They're batting around a ball made out of rubber bands. And um, Homer's. I don't know. They go back and forth. I don't find this any of this terribly entertaining say that about most most of this episode this all leads to burns um walking in and finding homer breaking not even breaking the rules goofing off essentially <laughs> on your feet you sniggering orangutan <laughs> my fat friend you are hanging by a very thin thread if you want to keep your job, then you better start. You're thinking about that ice cream truck, aren't you? Well, you can just forget about. Come and lick me, big boy. I said, lick me. You're not ice cream, faker. Ice cream man, wait! You're fired. As for the rest of you, you're supposed to be a chair hockey team. All I see is five showboaters. Now sit down and give me 50 twirls. That's more like it. So Homer's fired, Matt. Oh, shocking. Homer doesn't have his normal job in this. What? What? That? That's a surprise to me. Okay, Matt, I'm going to ask you a at question. Least, at, at least in this one, they get him fired. So he has a reason to take another job rather than Homer just not going to his normal job anymore. I was going to ask them that. I was going to ask you your preference if you prefer them to just completely ignore the fact he has a job or for them to actually have a moment where they acknowledge it and then fire him or whatever. I mean, I prefer them to have some reason. Uh, honestly, as long as they just mention the fact that he's fired or on a leave of absence or whatever, just so that there's some reason for him to take another job that we're OK with. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I'm, I, I, I would, it, I, I think I do like the fact. I don't mind the fact that he gets fired, honestly. Especially considering, like, a lot of the time you're supposed to take these episodes in a vacuum. Like, you know, they don't necessarily take place alongside other episodes. I have a problem with the fact that Homer becomes an ice cream man, um, which well, it's right now. Let's get to it. Uh, he immediately gets fired, Matt. And chases after this ice cream truck. Because ice cream is more important than work, Robbie, obviously. (sighs) 
it, it is what it is. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I have no idea, like, why. Like, why? Because it's really, the plot has to happen. Because Homer, I will give it this. Sometimes There's moments in this episode where Homer is a human. Like, he represents humanity at mo- at times in this episode. They That he momentarily shifts into a Homer I recognize. Briefly. But then there are moments like this where he is he's lost his job and is chasing after an ice cream truck like he's five years old. And you in the tonal whiplash, the roller coaster ride this episode takes us through, we're supposed to be like, Oh yeah, I'm supposed to take Homer seriously now. But just five minutes previously, he was acting like a baby. Not even a child. A toddler or something. Like it's just ridiculous. Homer's friends with the ice cream guy, Matt. Well, of course he is, Robbie. That just seems like the most natural thing in the world. Why did the ice cream guy drive away if he's friends with Homer? Maybe he didn't see him. As we see, he's also a very old gentleman. He is a very old man. Uh, Homer buys a uh, ice cream bar, popsicle of some sort, and asks this old ice cream man, who I don't think we get a name for him. I, it doesn't matter. I don't think so. I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter. Uh, he's only in this one scene. Uh, Homer pays him. This is... so. Okay, Matt. I, I, the premise of this episode is they want Homer to be an ice cream man. To be an ice cream man, the old ice cream man has to die, so Homer can be take over his job. That is the that is the premise that they have invested in. In my head, that is how you would lay it out, right? You, I would lay out the plot points first, mm-hmm. and then you write jokes around them. And I, they want a gag for how you kill the ice cream man. They need a gag here. So uh-huh. you go, I, I, this is how I would do it. Again, I am not a television writer. You sit, you sit, you sit for a while with a piece of paper and a pencil and you just brainstorm. You write ideas. Uh huh. And you're in a writer's room, you, me, and a bunch of other people. We're all sitting around in a circle and we're like, we need a gag for how this ice cream man dies. He's an old dude. How does he die? Well, he's old. He's weak. Yeah, he he goes to get some ice cream and he falls into the ice cream freezer and Homer doesn't notice and he freezes to death. That's funnier, That's Matt. the most horrible thing I can imagine. That's funnier than what they do. That. That yeah. idea that you oh, yeah. you brought up in 10 seconds. That is a better idea than what they did, which is Homer tries to buy buys his popsicle, whatever, for, with a $100 bill. It needs change. And... They give us a brief the, time. The, the ice cream man makes in change. In in Literal coins. Change. He makes change in coins for $100. And because it takes him so long, he dies. He, I guess it's too much work pushing it down a coin thing. Ah, yes. That's what, I mean, I don't, it's not I guess, Matt. That is what happens. It is textual. This is not subtext. This is right, text. Right, right. I, I can't, I don't agree with it. It's not funny. There's not like the I I I'm I'm imagining that this is supposed to be a gag because everything about this is supposed to be a gag. We're not supposed to care about this ice cream man. We're not supposed to feel heartbroken over his death. It's a joke because we met him just now and now he's he was a sweet old ice cream man and he's dead. Isn't that funny? Hilarious. Um, Hilarious. I I did I Matt. I'm going to tell you that you made me laugh more than this bit did because you <laughs> wrote our notes. This I'm going to read notes. Matt's notes for this verbatim. Homer friends with ice cream guy. Idiot tries to make actual change for $100. Dies. That made me laugh more 
<laughs> that made I was me trying love. to be succinct, Robbie. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's ideal. We're trying to encapsulate. We've got to try to encapsulate everything that happens in this episode and have commentary about it. And we don't have we can't write a 10,000 word essay every time. Uh, I made me laugh. That made me laugh harder than anything in this episode. Your little note. Because the Simpsons aren't trying to be funny anymore. They're trying to make television. <laughs> They're trying to make content. We need to turn on this cardboard factory. <laughs> we need to make as many boxes as we can. We need 22 in a season. Then we cut to the funeral of the ice cream man. This is so silly. Like... Well, they have to. How else is Homer going to get to be an ice cream man, Robbie? If he doesn't cause the old one to die by paying him a giant uh, wad of cash, and how did that? I'm going to his widow. I'm going to ask you a question. How did he get a? Uh, I th- this comes to mind. Uh, this episode reminds me about like 50 old episodes because everything about it is just robbed from old episodes and assembled piecemeal like a Frankenstein's monster. Uh, how did in? Uh, in Mr. Plow, how how did Homer become a plow man? Uh, let's see. He went to a plow show and said, "Hey, this would be a really great idea. I want to go buy a plow," and bought a plow. He yeah, he went to a like a car show or whatever. There were a bunch of gags there, like oh, there Adam West was there with a Batmobile. Uh, there was the gag about the the girl who was selling a truck and how she did the exact rote flirting with the, every single guy who walked up and there was a, a a plow there and Homer bought it and became Mr. Plow. Simple as that. They didn't have some long convoluted thing to get him there. He just went there and bought a thing like people do. Instead, we have a plot where he gets fired and then goes and we have to get introduced to an ice cream man we've never met before who's best friends with Homer. He dies. Homer goes to his funeral just so he can become an ice cream man. Why? Why are you just so complicated? <laughs> and the answer. I, I think they think that this the comedy breeds funniness. Like, oh, the weirder and more complex it is, the funnier it is to people. And that's just not always true unless you put in the effort. Jokes are funny, Matt. Bunch of inciting incidents are, is not inherently funny. Um, he goes to his funeral. I don't know why Homer's invited to his funeral. How does Homer get invited to this ice cream man's funeral? He's never met uh, anyone anyone else related to the ice cream man ever before. I assume he crashed it. I mean, considering how else Homer acts in this episode, it's probably true. Uh, we meet the ice cream man's terrible widow, and Homer ends up with the ice cream man's truck. You must be Homer. What? Max told you about me? Oh, yes. Max loved to talk about his work. How he bored me. And now I'm left with nothing but my lover and this worthless truck. Wait a minute. You don't want the truck. I need a job. You need money. I'm flush with severance pay. You'll buy Max's truck? Why, doesn't he need it? Oh, right. Remember that crappy ice cream truck I bought? How can we forget? Mom says now we can't afford to go to the orthodontist. Well, sink your crooked, rotting teeth into this! Robbie, you're not going to include the wonderful musical breakdown of Homer's nonsense upgrades to an ice cream truck? I mean, I like Missy Elliott, Matt. I'm not going to... Nothing wrong with Missy Elliott, okay? Nothing wrong with Missy Elliott, but this is basically a, uh, a Pimp My Ride, I think it was. Yes, it's a Pimp My Ride homage here where we get... 
exaggerated camera movement around a pimped out ice cream truck pimped out by auto in this case not exhibit this is a perfect chance get exhibit guys if you're doing the pimp my ride reference get exhibit and have him do all the pimp my ride stuff i i knew you liked ice cream in your ice cream so i got ice cream in your like do that stuff don't just it this is half measure uh um bart even says you pimped the you pimped it out and like okay cool that's good um we so the the ice cream truck is really fancy looking now um that ice cream man's wife was terrible uh <laughs> like why is she Matt? yeah she doesn't seem great why is is that the joke like oh his widow was a monster who hated him I don't think she hated him. She just didn't care for him anymore because he was obviously married to the job. Is that is this your headcanon that this ice cream man was a workaholic yes. and uh, uh, abandoned his wife to sell popsicles? Yep. Okay. I mean, that's Let's more that than this episode. With. This episode gave us literally nothing about him. So, sure. Uh, no, this episode said, hey, there's an ice cream guy. He died. He wasn't doing too well. His wife decides to sell his ice cream truck because uh, she doesn't care about him anymore. Uh, and that's that's fine. I mean, to be fair, Matt, here's the thing. She would sell it either way. <laughs> There's That woman is not keeping an ice cream truck. She, of course, would sell it. Why? It, like, it doesn't matter if she hated him or not. Like, they, that's where they got the humor. I don't know. Um, you, you could just not have this scene. That's what my solution, Matt, is. Don't have this scene. He just, you know what? Mar you cut back to Marge and the kids at home. And they hear ice cream music, ice cream truck music, and they go, that's weird. The ice cream man usually comes by in the morning. And then she goes outside, and Homer's there with a the truck. Yeah, Homer's like, oh, the ice cream guy died, so I decided to take his place. You don't need this horrible funeral scene. <laughs> you don't need all this. Why is there so much? Uh, we get an homage to the Ali G show. Matt did not under did not recognize the, the, the Ali G show reference. Not a fan. Matt. Nah. Which reference to Ali G? The dressing when he got dressed, when the clothes flew on him. That's a oh, Ali, is that from Ali G? That's no, Ali G. I, I never seen Ali G. To be fair, Borat is a better character than character, Ali, yeah, Ali, yeah. than Ali G. Ali G is better than um. Why well, can't I remember the Bruno? He's better than Bruno. Bruno's just like I don't know, pretty empty gay stereotype. But uh, I don't mind Ali G. But Borat's way better because of what you can do with him. Um. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Home okay, Matt, here we are. Homer is an ice cream man. <laughs> it feels like parody. I just say that. Like, imagine if I walked up to someone and said, Hey, you want to watch the Simpsons episode? Homer becomes an ice cream man. They're like, Is that a joke? Is that a real thing that happened? I'm mean, like, Yeah, it happened. Yeah, Go ahead. No, I just said that that's Maybe. Maybe that's a joke. We don't know anymore. I, I can't tell. Yeah, it's impossible to tell. So Homer is an ice cream man. And you're like, OK, to be to be fair, they've gotten to this point relatively quickly, considering what the show has done recently. This is less than halfway through the first act. Four minutes in, five minutes in. Homer is an ice cream man. Let's go. The plot. Let's go with the plot. Mm hmm. Immediately we go to Marge with a new plot. Well, it's because that they have two plots that they want to intersect. They do, Matt. You're right. That nothing you said was a lie. Everything you just said was the truth. They do want that. They do want these plots to intersect. 
They do. But... Do, do they succeed at that? Eh. Uh, Marge is folding clothes and she's watching what is decidedly not Oprah. Welcome back. Today, we're celebrating women who didn't waste their lives being mommies. Professor Stein, tell us about your book, Life Beyond Wife. Well, Opal, it's about women who want to breastfeed their own dreams and change the poopy diapers of fulfillment. I call it leaving your legacy. Does this book have any examples? Yes, eight. Take Gail Tucker. She wrote hip-hop lyrics to the beat of her washing machine with an off-center load. Last year, she won all the Grammys. Or how about Becky Tyson, who invented the pink VCR? Now her husband asks her for money, or as I call it, Munchy. You go, girl. All those women are so impressive. I've been doing the same thing for the last ten years. And all I have to show for it is a clean floor. <laughs> My legacy. Oh. Oh boy. Uh, okay. I I want to point out something here that really bugs me, and that people who equate being married with having kids, uh, you you can do one of those without the other. Either really, you you can have kids and not be married, and just the the conflation of those two things always makes me mad. And on top of that, this is terrible, Robbie. <laughs> this is so bad. Like a she. These aren't jokes. It's just people being stupid. I, and and I think okay. So one, the idea. I mean, this is not an original idea. Marge. They've done this episode with Marge before. She's tired of being a housewife. She feels unfulfilled. She wants to do something else. Okay, that's fine. Like, you could tell this story 50 different ways, and they will, and they have. Um, Marge wants change in her life. That's perfectly fine. When for Especially for a show that's run 30, se- 30 plus seasons, that's perfectly fine to reuse that plot. You can do it, take it a lot of different directions, all right, and make them feel unique from each other. So this idea is not necessarily inherently bad. Um it it should not be in this episode about homer it should not be even near homer in an ice cream truck episode they should not be even they should not even see each other they should not be able to like glance at the horizon and see each other they should be as other opposite sides of the earth from each other yeah it's it's like these two plots don't seem to have anything in common with each other except it gives homer an excuse to be out of the house doing something so he can't be there for marge that's really the only thing and, and the popsicle sticks like marge marge could have gotten the popsicle sticks any other way you can buy them in very large packages you don't need to have them come from homer eating a ton of ice cream the po- you don't need popsicle sticks <laughs> like why popsicle sticks um so Mar- but i i this this scene is 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 very versed in it it's a very apparent that the writing one or several of the writing staff had watched a lot of oprah because oprah it still has to a certain extent not as much as she once had just an incredible cultural strength uh influencing her audience um i know this largely because i know i have done a lot of reading and research about oprah's book club and the history of it 
and how many books that sells. It's astronomical. Like, I, I, I don't know if people out there in the world know this. Books don't sell a lot. There's not even the biggest books in the world, unless you're like Harry Potter, you're not selling a lot of books. Oprah blew any book she recommended, exploded, sold so many copies. Um, so when you have this not Oprah lady, who is clearly just Oprah, uh, an analog, you're like, okay, I get that's what this is. This Marge is one of those people who watches this oprah analog every day and marge puts a lot of faith in her and what she says about women um again you could use this as a basis of a plot not in a plot where homer becomes an ice cream man and matt i don't necessarily i don't disagree with you you shouldn't conflate marriage and children and child having children but you could use that as ammunition in an episode you could even have a i don't know have that marge has kind of done the childless couples thing already already but you know you could have true you could have you can include that as a part of thing where like she had kids and that became her career you know whatever being a homemaker being a full-time mom when you have three kids that is what your job would be a lot of the time if you have that if you have the luxury of having a one person being able to make enough money to support that whole household which is laughable now uh 1989 (laughs) was less laughable probably still somewhat laughable but it's a new he works at a power plant you know that's a well relatively well-paying job um i don't know i would a safety technician at a power plant make good money you'd think so decent money but not great money i mean you're probably talking like i don't know north of fifty thousand dollars but probably less than not six figures which means it would be really hard to afford three kids the average is 68 grand According well, that to seems a little high to me, but yeah, that's, that's good. According to ZipRecruiter, I imagine they have to have a nuclear engineering degree, right? It doesn't say. Oh well, then. But uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics say median pay is eighty-four grand, and that's mm. typical entry. A typical nuclear technician would normally. You just need an associate's degree, apparently. Really? Wow. That's entry level. So I mean, imagine as you work your way up, you might. They might ask you to get a doctorate or get get your degree, then get a master's and get a doctorate if you want to keep moving up. Maybe or maybe it doesn't matter. I can see I can see a master's being useful. I can't see a doctor. being. Yeah, useful. you probably don't need a doctor unless you're going to teach. Um, this is a very again, you know, so we're talking about this and not the Simpsons. But, you know, that's enough. I guess it's not crazy that Homer makes enough money. But again, he gets fired and is working as an ice cream man and apparently is making good money because he bribes March later in the episode. Um Marge is upset. She feels she's sad. But we cut away from Marge. Marge is a B plot or the other A plot. Both these plots, like Matt said, they want them to intersect. They want them to revolve around each other, unfortunately for us. It's really hot outside. All the kids want ice cream. They need ice cream. Homer saves them. He drives up just in the nick of time, gets them all ice cream. And be like, okay. That's not a bad angle to this. Like Homer has like feels like he's fulfilling a civic duty. He's like, oh, I am providing these children with ice cream. I'm helping people. But then, Matt, there is a scene, a lengthy scene, at least 30 seconds, maybe longer. Mm-hmm. Homer, there's a kid there looking sad, which why is this a sad kid sitting with all the other kids who are waiting for ice cream? Um, who, who the hell even knows? Who's lactose intolerant. Homer forces him to eat ice cream. Forces him. Like a maniac. 
Mm-hmm. Like Patrick Bateman here giving this kid ice cream to make him sick, which is what immediately happens. Uh, the kid immediately has a stomach ache and I guess passes out, which I don't think there's any degree of lactose intolerance that makes you go unconscious. Is there? Yeah, it usually just gives you bad gas. Yeah, I was like, you know, it just makes you feel bad, but you're not going to die. But he has like a medic alert bracelet, which Homer makes fun of and makes a joke about gay, like a gay stereotype joke there about, oh, you're wearing a bracelet. Yeah, just just great. Uh, for a kid, a child. What? Why is this here? You could have the scene cut this this bit out. The scene is fine. Not it's this scene is not funny. And it, it actively makes me not even, like, dislike Homer. It makes me afraid of him. <laughs> I fear him at the end of this. Why? So much whys. Just why? 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 Um, none of it matters, man. Really. Because um, we finally get to, I guess, what is this plot. Because this act one is so long. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so long. I don't, can't believe they went this long without a commercial. I mean, I was happy for it. It means I have to talk about less. I, I'm aware, Matt. Believe me. I looked at this. <laughs> I was like, ugh. Um, Homer is happy, Matt. Homer's happy about his job. I don't think he's been happy about his job since he worked the bowling alley. Yeah. The, the, again, another. It reminded me of that, too. Where it's like, oh, yeah. Another callback to another episode did something similar. Marge, on the other hand, is really depressed. She's really upset about her life. Um, and in response, she starts making, of all things, popsicle stick sculptures. Gluing popsicle sticks together in the shape of people. Which is something you can do, for sure. Uh-huh. Matt, what, what is this? Why? I, uh, because they needed something Marge to do that's artsy, and they already took painting off the table. And this is somehow, this is a way of getting it conflated with Homer's plot, so that they interact more. But it really isn't connected at all. Like, the only, just, like, yeah, he brings her popsicle sticks. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, that's not the important part. The important part is that he's he is important, he's supporting her doing these things that she has found in, what, Matt, what are you, you sending me these adorable <laughs> pictures of kittens for? Because they got adopted today, and that's them in their new home. Oh, that's very sweet. Um, Marge is upset. She starts making art that fulfills her creatively and she's not as upset anymore it could be anything it doesn't have to be yes they've done painting before it could be just regular sculpture she could be making stuff out of clay you know like she 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 could there's lots of different kinds of art she she could you know do any of it she could buy a guitar it doesn't like what there's so many things it does not matter what it is it's just there's something there that she finds fulfilling that is the important part but again it makes no sense in this episode about Homer being an ice cream man. Zero sense. Um, then we and so Marge starts making sculptures out of popsicle. That's also it's just so it's so absurd. It's so silly that I immediately dismiss it out of hand. It doesn't matter how much they try to get me invested in this plot about Marge finding fulfillment. It's popsicle stick sculptures. That is what children do. Like give her something serious it makes i can't take it seriously um and they call it try and call it folk art you're like okay folk arts for farmers guys like the marge okay marge is not a folk folk artist i guess maybe if you really want to stretch the definition (laughs) 
Um, but then, this is the and then okay, Matt. This is finally we get into this first act. Oh my god, so long. Kent Brockman. People are listening probably. Like, well, is this still going? Is Robbie just going to do the whole episode? Uh, Kent Brockman is in his helicopter. Why, you might ask? Why are we having these scenes of Homer Marge, Homer Marge, Homer Marge, Homer Marge, and then suddenly Kent Brockman following a car chase in a helicopter? Which is it's a uh, snakes on a car chase. He uh, eventually snake gets out gets out of his car, drives to a drives to a, a helicopter, gets out, gets into the helicopter, and drives pilots a helicopter. Snake pilots a helicopter. Matt, mm-hmm. not even close. To the most ridiculous most ridiculous things in the do you think Snake knows how to? How does Snake know how to pilot a helicopter? I, Robert, Heli- let's stop asking questions. Okay, helicopter. He used to be an archaeologist. Archaeologists uh, use helicopters. Do they? When? Sure. Why not? I mean, I believe they would hire a helicopter to get to like a remote location. But I remember in Jurassic Park, the documentary, they there was a helicopter uh-huh. in that, and they rode the helicopter. That's true. Yep. And they had to cover up the dinosaur bones because of the the wind from the blades um snake gets away from his in his helicopter see none of this matters all this is just to get kent to spot marge from the sky because marge is making popsicle stick sculptures in the front yard technically i think she's in the backyard but yeah she's outdoors doing this man she's outdoors yes and we know that Kent Brockman loves soft news. So why the helicopter gag? Why can't he just be driving by her house for no reason and go, oh, look, folk art or whatever the hell you want to call it? I, I, I'm imagining they think because it's funny because then because there's a bit up in the sky where snake. Robbie, I think we've I think we've been over this. <laughs> we have different definitions of what's funny than the Simpsons. I'm not, I understand that. I'm just saying that's what I think they thought. They're like, oh, there's we have a bit here where what if snake was doing a traffic report with his stolen helicopter. They uh, they're like, "Oh, that's a good gag." I'm like, "It's not it's not. It's fine, I guess. It's fine in a vacuum, but it, again, tonal whiplash. One of our uh, listener reviews on Patreon, they mentioned Family Guy. And a lot of times I'm like, "I don't think this is really like Family Guy that much, but this is absolutely a Family Guy bit. This mm-hmm. in particular is a Family Guy bit. And guys, you can't Family Guy is better than you at this stop stop it we go to matt finally he can't spot marge doing her thing sees what you just said soft news glance goes after we go to commercial finally this is not not a lie 10 minutes and 43 seconds into this episode halfway this act is half halfway. of this episode is this act oh boy and I need to the take a break. Are... I'm going to take a nap while Matt does his second act. Okay, feel free. Um, so, yes, yeah, so th- this basically comes down to how the episode is structured. Uh, the first act is setting up all the pieces. So act two is knocking them all down. And act three is bringing it to some kind of heartfelt conclusion that makes no sense. But we'll get to that. So Kent starts out talking to Marge uh, about her folk art. And uh, Mo is there for some reason. I'm here with local sculptorist Marge Simpson, who works in, of all media, Popsicle Stick. Our viewers want to know two things. Why and how come? Why do cavemen paint on walls? Why do you scratch your name on Tupperware? So when you die, something's left behind that says, I was here, I mattered. That's my Tupperware. 
Human feelings expressed by a human. And here's a local nobody enjoying his likeness. Let's take a sneaky peeky. My God, it's beautiful. Uh, I, I finally see the goodness in myself. Come here, you. Oh, I'm so glad you like it, Mo. That's right. Tell me all your little wooden dreams. <laughs> You're not alone anymore. No, you ain't. Ah, oh, you're shivering. Are you cold? Where you going, Marge? So as we can see, Mo is too much even for Marge, and no one cares about this or shouldn't, but whatever. So Marge feels very fulfilled by her art. Uh, she's having a great time doing it. She's happy. Uh, the rich Texan comes by and decides that he wants to fund an art show with Marge's work. Marge is, of course, ecstatic about this. So the rich Texan starts shooting his guns in the air. So Marge borrows his guns and also starts shooting them in the air. And then the rich Texan pulls out more guns and they both start shooting into the air. And the rich Texan starts giving her tips on when to shoot the gun in the air. <laughs> Which is, I swear, the only part I smiled at in this episode <laughs> is when he goes, you got to shoot on the ye, not the haw. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I also appreciated that. It is... <laughs> One of the bright spots. It makes no sense, really. Marge is not a person who would just yeah. grab guns willy-nilly and fire them in the air. But in a vacuum, there's, like, joy in it. Yeah, like, it's fun. And the rest uh -huh. of this episode is the opposite of fun. It feels absurd and cartoonish and, like, a total whiplash every single moment. I wish there was more of it. I wish there was more Texan, rich, crazy rich Texan with Marge together just odd couple stuff this whole time because it's fun at least but it is it's, that's it's that it there's not there's no more rich, there's no more rich texan this is he's in this one scene and then he vanishes yeah, he apparently he is the reason marge is having this art show and we never see him again and okay okay, okay. go ahead man go ahead <gasps> okay so uh next up we see homer who needs to go to work but marge wants him to stay for moral support and this conversation goes about as well as you'd expect. Marge, everything looks wonderful. Well, I'm off to peddle my frosty wares. You can't go to work. I need you here for emotional support. Plus, you make a small crown look huge. Sweetie, I can't abandon my route even for one day. If those kids discover the link between eating right and feeling good, I am screwed. But I'll be back in time for your show. The show starts at three. You promise you'll be here? I would never let you down. Our marriage is like soft serve ice cream. And trust is the hard chocolate shell that keeps it from melting onto our carpet. In conclusion, here's the scoop. I love you. <sighs> in conclusion, ice cream puns are bad. Robbie, take it away. <laughs> That's good, man. I like that. Um, Thank you. Uh, why? Why? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why, okay, one. Why does Marge need Homer there? Because she's not a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. She is a weak-willed woman who needs Homer for moral support. I, I, I mean, that's too. That is too much, Matt. Like that is like that's something. This episode is not even there. Like that's like not a. I would be upset if it was saying that. It's not. It's not. It's saying less than that. It's not even saying anything. It's just nothing. It's just like, oh, we need this plot to happen. So Marge needs Homer there. But nothing that she's done up until this point has anything to do with Homer's emotional support. Correct. She 
all she did was take his old popsicle sticks and make Maggie. That's all she did. She did not. He didn't go. You know what, Marge? You could. I don't know why that's my Homer voice all of a sudden. <laughs> but you. He doesn't tell her like, oh, you. Yeah, blah 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 blah. He doesn't do anything. He's a nutcase who forces a lactose intolerant child to eat ice cream at with a threat of implicit violence and why does she care and why is this happening in their front yard fantastic question art shows uh, happen at galleries no robbie you can't move them once they have created the popsicle stick sculptures they cannot be moved robbie actually you know the real reason the real reason they're out front of the house the plot needed to happen the plot needed to have it. Homeward needed to be able to crash into it. <laughs> yes, I realize that, Matt. It's just, it's just, uh, that's know. the answer to so many questions is because they wrote the plot a certain way. And if they change one thing, the whole thing falls apart like a house of popsicle sticks. Yep. 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 Badoom tish. So, Homer uh, next goes to a divorced dad's, uh, some kind of event involving divorced dads and their kids because, you know, obviously he's going to make a ton of money on that. Uh, he does. There are some terrible jokes that I, have completely forgotten by now uh mostly about divorced dads being terrible fathers because that's ah that's so funny let's let's not give people anything to inspire them let's make fun of the poor divorced dads who are bad at being fathers good job uh you get kirk van houten and rainer wolfcastle and all that uh but the important thing is homer loses track of time and tries to rush home uh he fails at this obviously he tries to take a shortcut through some woods and we get a, an extremely long sequence of him going down this shortcut, running into, I think it's a bird, and then a person, and then a bear. And then using the windshield wipers to, one at a time, brush them off of his windshield. That's how much time we have with him taking this shortcut through the woods before he ends up crashing into Marge's show, hurting people, and destroying all of her artwork. Hilarious. Just, just hilarious. So... Mm-hmm. Homer has destroyed everything. Uh, Marge's show is completely wrecked. So Homer's response is, well, this. Ugh, I made it back for your show, honey. Well, Homer, you destroyed my artwork and my dreams. Good job. Very thorough. Marge, let me explain. I had a chance to make a little more money by exploiting broken families. Oh, stop. Just stop. You don't care about anyone else's happiness but your own. Well, excuse me for having enormous flaws that I don't work on. Sorry, Homer. We're not going to excuse you for that. We're going to tell you you're a terrible person and that uh, Marge should have left you a very long time ago. Matt? Mm-hmm? We're a PG podcast. No cursing. Um, uh-huh. I that does not include our notes though, because I uh, did curse in our notes at this uh-huh. um, this whole segment. Starting the divorce dad stuff is not good, I, but even that I don't include that. Every moment from when Homer realizes that he's late, basically he he's already he's like thirty seconds until three o'clock till the show starts, and. To be fair, like an art show like this would just have it open hours for it'd be like, I don't know if it starts. At, I don't know why it's starting at three. Normally, art shows are at night. Whatever. You'd have all day to go and look at the thing. Marge would hang around, talk to people, probably try and sell something um, for more than what it's worth. 
probably. But even if he was late, he'd still be there. You know, if he got there half an hour late, it wouldn't be a big deal. So, again, it falls apart. But this whole scene from that moment on, like the stuff you described is so, so cartoonish, so silly. And it is, again, tonal whiplash. I've said that multiple times. It's that. But it's also it doesn't understand these emotional beats. And that's the important part. This is the thing. This is the clearest demonstration recently that I could point at and say, what's different from the golden years of the Simpsons to the teen years of the Simpsons to this era? Um, Mostly it's like 15, 16, 17, 18, the Al Jean teen years, the Scully teen years are a different thing altogether. Um, Also bad, but bad in a different way. Um, this scene in this, this sequence is so, it's just a pick pitch perfect example of how, of how they don't understand either. They misunderstand it completely or they're too lazy to fix the problem. Either way, it ends up with the same result being, it does not work. We get, so the, the, the conflict, which I don't buy into, but let's say I do. Let's say I buy in the conflict. Marge needs Homer there at 3 o'clock. She needs his emotional support. That's what they're trying to sell me in this episode. They're trying to sell us, the audience. Marge has been depressed. She's finally found some joy in her life again because of her art. And it's very important to her that Homer is there for the start of her show. Okay. I don't necessarily... a lot. There's a lot of problems along the way. But I get that. That's an easy kind of like, okay, I understand that concept. I understand that shape. You need Homer there at 3 o'clock. Homer, oh, Homer is caught up in making money as an ice cream man, and he's running late. So he needs to catch up. And I can see this scene in the golden years. Like, what episode is it that Homer's, Homer forgets about Lisa's uh, saxophone? recital he forgets about her read he needs a read is that lisa's, oh, lisa's pony lisa's pony okay um lisa's pony i conflate lisa's pony and lisa's sax um lisa's sax is the story of the saxophone lisa's pony is where she he forgets that she needs the read and he she shows up too late for it like that is what i'm thinking of i'm like that is a very similar idea where homer forgets something he needs to be here at a certain time to support his family and he fails and that sets up the entire plot of this episode of that episode and that is a heavy emotional beat in Lisa's Pony. It's really upsetting to watch Lisa, who we know is a great saxophonist. She's a great musician, but because she doesn't have the read, she can't. She plays terrible, and she's embarrassed and sad, and she's just a little girl. And you, it, it's like a gut punch. It's really affecting, and. Homer realizes too late that he's missing it and doesn't know which read to get and eventually does. And like they make a whole sequence here in that episode about Homer trying to remember what kind of read he needed. And there's that's the joke. So he's like trying to remember and like and, you know, he's talking to the, the person selling this accident and you're like, OK, back and forth. And that's where the humor is, is like Homer trying to this, you know, well-meaning dimwit trying to remember what he needs to get for his daughter panicking because he knows he's late and he's upset he doesn't want to be late it's not his fault in this episode they go oh no it is homer's fault he's a complete moron and he's vindictive and he's mean about it and he's taking and literally they have him admit it go ahead i was just gonna say 
just to pile on with what you're saying, one of my biggest problems in this particular set of scenes is Marge saying, oh, I'm so nervous. I really need you here. That's not what Marge needs to say. Marge needs to say, I'm so nervous. I'm not sure I can do this. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm worthy of this. And Marge has to reassure her and say, obviously you're with us and I will be here to back you up. You have to have at least Homer have the intention of being there. You can't have Marge ask him and say, please, I need you to be here. You have to have Marge worried and Homer reassuring her. That shows that, oh, Homer is a good person with good intentions. And then something happens outside of his control that causes him to be late. Like, oh, he's at this divorce dad thing and they tow his truck or something. And he has to get it back. And along the way, he causes the destruction. Okay. I'm okay with that, that these things kind of happen. One, this, this should be in a gallery, and Homer has to crash the truck through a window to actually destroy everything. But still, you have to show that Homer has good intentions and is a good person, because then the, I don't want to say betrayal, but the the loss that Marge feels, it feels even worse, because it's not Homer being a jackass and a jerk causing it. It is Homer just trying too hard and failing. And that makes, in the end of the episode when Marge uh, forgives him, it makes it more believable because we're like, Oh, she understands that it's not his fault. And that just, that could have been so much better. I could have felt something for this episode rather than annoyance that we had to watch it. it. And like, you can have this conflict where Homer is late and he's panicking and he's struggling to get there. Maybe tries to take a shortcut, but it has to match the tone of what the conflict is and the tone of the conflict is marge needing his support emotional support she doesn't need him to move boxes she needs him to be present and not just there but present emotionally supportive re-encouraging everything you just said matt but this whole sequence leading up to that to him crashing the stupid truck through the sculptures is incredibly cartoonish incredibly wacky with uh running running into an owl a boy scout and then a bear over the back and they're just plastered on the windshield all on top of each other and the wind and the windshield wiper takes them off one by one and then he crashes through the the event, which is right in the front yard because it has to be, and destroys everything and like brutally crashes the truck. That truck is done. It's totaled. Um, it's amazing Homer's not dead. And that's the thing. Like you have this brutal car crash. Homer is completely fine. He's just you. We you heard it in the clip. He's a little woozy, but other than that, he's fine. Um, I guess Homer Simpson, Homer Simpson syndrome strikes again. He's got that head that can take any damn. <laughs> I, I almost wish that had been one of the first episodes as, to explain Homer Simpson syndrome. And then the rest of the series would have made sense. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's fine enough. But it's not really that he survives a, a terrible car wreck is the problem. It's that a car wreck happens at all. Because the 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 problem isn't like that just compounds the issue where you're like, well, now he's a like He's a maniac that has literally destroyed her art. And you're like, that is so, it's so, it's so big. It's so bold and like stupid that it, it's a different thing. It's a different thing altogether. You're, you shouldn't have that happen unless you want Homer to be vindictive, unless you want him to do it on purpose. If he does it on accident, 
it doesn't help anyone because one, Marge should probably be concerned that he's a, like dead. He just drove down a mountain and crashed into a tree. He could should be dead. She should be worried about his life and not care about her art at this point. It makes her look worse. It makes Homer look like an idiot. It doesn't match tonally with the conflict because this so cartoonish uh, Homer is Homer's in a Looney Tunes cartoon. Marge is, I guess, in a like a classic Simpsons episode, sort of like you can't have these two characters run into each other. They have to be speaking the same language and on every level, not just the dialogue. They the, the episodes have like you watch the animation for Homer's sequence coming down the mountain. It is Looney Tunes. It is super cartoonish. It might as well be itchy and scratchy, which is why itchy and scratchy existed in the first place. Itchy and scratchy existed in the Simpsons to provide an outlet for that wacky, crazy animation, the Looney Tunes ideas and attitude and provide a place for it and, and give us context for what the Simpsons are. The Simpsons are not itchy and scratchy. The Simpsons happen in a real world. But because we have H.E. and Scratchy happening right alongside this very serious conflict, I don't take any of it seriously. It makes everyone look bad. Again, it makes every character look bad. And that is the worst thing you could do. It does it. I can't even fathom it, man. I don't know how you do this on purpose. Like, this is like, I would look at this one time and go, oh, this is, this is, we can't do this. Guys, what are you, what are we doing? Let's let's take another crack at this, please. Like I don't think you have to be an expert, like to know that you shouldn't. <sighs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Luckily, I have a beer here. It's helping me feel a little bit better. <laughs> Thank goodness. We're gonna start giving you a beer during the uh, the morning episodes too. Oh no, that's not good at all. <laughs> Matt, you're the next thing. You're, I know what the next mm-hmm. thing you're gonna say is though. Is it that we're going to a commercial? Yeah. Yay! <laughs> and now I get to talk more about uh, this. The third act, honestly, here, the third act is the best one. I'll say that. Well, that's true, yeah. I, it doesn't make any sense in context with the rest of this episode, okay? But in a vacuum, there are moments here where the people are human. And that's something, I guess, that's the only redeeming thing in this whole episode, really. Um, we come back from commercial 16 minutes and 39 seconds, which, if you can do the math at home, that's not a lot of time. It's like three and a half minutes to get in and get out. And you're like, oh boy, that's a lot of that's a lot of weight here uh, to to need your climax and and denouement and coda to all happen in three and a half minutes. Wow. OK, so. Marge is angry, goes in the bedroom, stays in the bedroom. Um, and Homer's upset. Homer's sad. He wants he wants to apologize to Marge. Marge doesn't want to hear it. She doesn't want to talk to him. She doesn't want to say anything, which, yeah, she should. I, I don't know. Th- this is all so messy. You're like, oh, okay. But there are bits here where Homer appeals to her through this through a bedroom door. And they wrote they've written him as one. He's not a cartoon character. This is where they finally have gotten to the point where Homer is a human again. He's not Wiley Coyote. He's Homer Simpson. He's a man. And he he makes an honest appeal to Marge. Um, There's a weird thing here where he tries to write her a check to pay for popsicle sticks. Uh, yeah. Which I is I I don't know. It can I can read it as kind of weirdly endearing because he doesn't know. Like he's just kind of groping, trying to figure out something to do that will make her make it up to her. 
He doesn't understand. Like, it's not hear that. I'll say this. It's not vindictive. It's not like angry or that rageful. is true. It's him like trying things, which is something I do ascribe to Homer. He tries, you know, he tries really hard. A lot of times he tries the wrong thing, but he tries. And that's what a lot of this is early on. It's him trying her early on in the third act with three minutes to go. Trying a lot of things, trying to apologize, doing a very bad job of it. Um, Starts taking pictures of himself and putting them under the door of showing how sad he is. Um, I, <laughs> and so this, and this is fine. Honestly, this is the part that I like. Um, then Homer falls asleep and when he wakes up, Marge is gone. Um, and she hasn't told anyone where she went, which, okay. Not knowing anything about this episode, Matt, and not knowing how it ends and not knowing and not knowing that, of course, they wouldn't have like, I already know that this is not I already know that this is this is dishonest. That's what this is. This is dishonest um, because we know, having watched this episode, Marge has cooled down and is now appreciative of Homer again. Mm-hmm. She knows she's she's recognized like, no, I do love Homer. And he didn't mean those the bad he didn't mean to crash an ice cream truck through my art installation which is the dumbest sentence i might have said ever on this podcast (laughs) he didn't mean to do that so she's found her love again right right oh it's we know that because we've seen this episode now matt i'm gonna tell i'm gonna ask you a question Uh oh this is i'm not i'm just asking matt i'm not asking mr simpson's writer okay let's say you get in a fight with your wife your partner yeah you're gonna fight and it's a it's a relatively bad fight. Um, one of you decides one of you like closes themselves up in, in an office or somewhere doesn't want to talk, shuts themselves off for a while. Um, and you you or you try and make appeals. They try and make appeal to you through a door, like that happens in this episode. And eventually, time goes by. You cool down. Your anger passes. You realize you're an idiot. Or they realize they're an idiot. Vice versa. You know, we both realize you're an idiot. And you realize, no, I obviously I still love my partner. I don't want... This is dumb. We should have argued in the first place. Um, you go and talk to them. You don't leave the house without telling anyone, including your children. In, this, in your instance, Matt, you would be alone with just your partner, with your wife. I would tell the cats where I was going. But you, yeah. It's important to tell your cats, your pets. Hey, hey, guys, I'm leaving. I'm going to make a giant sculpture of my wife. Uh, you would tell them, and you would tell them, right, Matt? I would because if you are the the partner who is not wanting to talk to the other partner, you don't solve that by leaving. When it comes time that you are cooled down enough that you want to talk, you immediately go to the other partner to talk. You don't leave. And come up with some big gesture uh, to prove your love for someone because that's what a nonsensical person does. It's it is it, it it yeah like literally I fled the house to make a big gesture. You know what? Mm-hmm. And that like one I would think Marge would like this doesn't feel like Marge to me. Uh, that's number one. Marge doesn't feel like Marge here. Marge is smarter than that. Marge is smarter than that. Marge is also this thing. I can see Homer doing this. Homer doing some big dumb gesture, not telling anyone about it. I can see Homer doing that. 
I don't see Marge doing that. I see Marge doing a very small, tiny gesture for Homer, maybe waking him up with breakfast or a little, or he wakes up to the smell of breakfast and there's a little heart popsicle sculpture. Oh, something like that. And Marge goes, I'm, I, I, I still love you, Homer, despite what you did. Um, and that's the other thing, like, Hey, I don't want to get this. I don't want to misconstrue this either. Homer drove a truck through her art installation. Okay. I don't care what the re like it's an accident. Sure. It was an accident. He didn't mean to do it. I don't care. At a certain point, you're responsible for your actions. I don't care if they're an accident or not. Ma March should be upset. <laughs> March Homer should apologize. And he, Marge isn't in the wrong here. She's allowed to be nope. upset. <laughs> she is. And and when she's no longer upset, Homer is then supposed to apologize and everything will be well. I don't know why this keeps happening in sitcoms. Most of the Simpsons, but I've also seen it happen in other sitcoms where the person who has a right to be mad is the one who makes the apology. And it baffles me every time. Like This is what people are being taught. People who who especially kids watching this and people who are not good at social situations, they're being taught that sometimes when you are the aggrieved party, you have to apologize. And it just, it hurts my brain to think of why that is. Yeah. I, again, it's, I don't, it, it, it's not really a focal point of this episode because this episode's a complete mess. doesn't understand what it's saying at any point. Um, so oh, here, Marge is gone. Homer and the kids just go driving around the city looking for her like she's a lost dog. I Okay. How how is this going to work? How are you going to Okay, Matt. Uh, uh, any American city. So one of the size of Springfield. Springfield I like I've grown up grew up in near towns that are size of Springfield. You would never find someone just driving around ever. No. No. That's crazy. She I mean, be anywhere. they went straight to City Hall because that's where you go. Yeah, they just drove to the center of town and they just happened to find Marge there. They found Marge because it's convenient for the plot. Like many things that happen in this episode, it's convenient for the plot to find Marge. They find her. She has. She looks like she is going. She's on top of City Hall. This again, dishonest. You're trying to create a false sense of danger and threat in your audience when it doesn't make any freaking sense in this episode we're trying to have these couple come back together why on earth are you trying to provoke fear of suicide who boy this is the final clip i pulled it is called why any of this oh my god she's gonna jump Marge, don't do it give divorce a chance homer i want to show the world how i feel about you the world's not that interested they will be Ready, boys? Ready! Homer, you wanted a sign that I still love you, so here it is. Wow! You made me a sculpture of Magilla Gorilla! No, Homer, it's you. My sweet, perfectly imperfect you. Okay, boys, on my command, fire. But nobody's done anything wrong. Jeez, if everyone was like you, our morgues would be empty. Homie, I realize that my most enduring creation is the life I've sculpted with you. Aww. Now I know that my leg of she is really a leg of we. 
I just have one question, my darling. What did you do with the ice cream that was on all those sticks? It's in that dumpster. Not that one. Now, wait a minute. You might say, this incredibly saccharine ending they didn't really earn. This isn't the ending. It can't possibly be, but oh, wait. It is. No, no, Matt. No, Mia, I'm sorry. There's more. No, no, there can't be. Because <laughs> stop right here. I there's there's a post. There's one more scene, Matt. One more scene <sighs> where we cut to 200 years in the future. <laughs> um, where the statue of Homer is still standing. It's still there, Matt. Uh huh. It's still standing, and there are people in jetpacks. People wearing jetpacks, and they're seeing a statue, a Marge's statue of Homer, and wondering why it exists, just like us. This is us <laughs> in the future. We are the jetpack people. We are. And it's fine. We are not 200 years in the future, but we are in the future we are from in the this future. episode. We are also wondering why this episode. Why <laughs> Thankfully, is... though, we are not slaves to ipods who just enjoy whipping people my question probably about this future is who are the jetpack people are they slaves to the ipods if not why not why are there some people who are slaves to the ipods and some people who are not and are in a museum i don't understand okay matt here this okay do you want the real do you want the the real answer or do you want my can't my head cannon that explains it or do you want both why I want both. Okay. My headcanon for it. Okay, so what we see here is explicitly, what we see is Homer's popsicle stick statue surrounded by people in jetpacks. They're talking about, uh, they're speculating about what the statue is and why it exists, etc. And then they they ask, well, like, the, this is the last, they say this is the last piece of art ever created before the iPods became sentient and enslaved humanity. And then the camera pans uh, to show slaves, human slaves, dressed in futuristic-type clothing. It is in tatters, but the clothes is not – it is not old clothes. It is futuristic-type clothing that has been tattered that is are being – that are held on a chain and being whipped by giant talking iPods. And the iPods say – the the humans like why are you whipping us and the iPods say because we like whipping that's and that's the end of the episode so the answer is this is the first the real answer is this is the first idea they had and the episode needed 30 more seconds so that's what they put in the episode i can't think of any other reason to have this in this episode it's not funny it doesn't make any sense it just is stupid now my head came out to make it make sense even in even this one scene to make sense in and of itself is they do show that the 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 Homer Simpson statue is encased in like a a plastic or hard surfaced clear something protected from the elements my my headcanon is that they live the that there is a subset of there's a subset of humans who built 
themselves this enclave so they'd be safe from the iPods and the iPods can't come inside because there's EMP um, barriers that would turn them off. Oh, thank God. You gotta be safe from the iPods. I or or you could say that these people are like um, they have earned their freedom or they can personally they can, or they have special weapons or maybe they're perfectly maybe they're like the upper caste of humans and they're perfectly fine with slaves existing the iPods or maybe these iPods really just want to whip people. And so as long as there's people to whip, the other humans can live in peace and have museums for Homer Simpson. I don't know. This is the final scene of this episode. In this episode where Marge makes popsicle stick sculptures and upset that Homer crashes an ice cream truck through them. It doesn't matter. This episode is terrible. I can't, I don't know. It's like there's a bit there's bits and pieces here where you're oh that's fun. That's something. But it's just a mess. There's just so much going on, Matt. There's so much happening in this episode, and none of it makes any kind of sense. Woof. That's what I say, Matt. Because shorten this down, I could have just said wolf. It's a good response to this. Could have just said wolf, and I, uh, that would have been enough. Um, like my dog, you might have heard in the background. Wolf. Um, hey, Matt. Yeah, we'll rank it at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? Yes. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see, quick fix, quick fix. Ah. Of course, God Almighty. Ah, uh, to fix it, I don't want to. <laughs> No, because there's no reason for this episode to exist. It exists in so many other uh, venues, basically. And this episode just takes a little bit from those episodes and makes it worse. So, uh, no, there's no reason to fix this. Let's not. Let's just say, screw it, kick it back, and we'll go back to uh, the Secrets of a Successful Marriage, which is the slightly better version of this. That's still kind of bad. Oh, man, no, man, man, no, 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 no. Secrets of a Successful Marriage is way better than this. I can't. That's what I'm saying. Way better. This is what we get rid of this episode and go with that one. Okay, because all right. Secrets of Successful Marriage is not as good as the other Homer Marge relationship episodes, but at least it's kind of funny in places. And it makes sense. I don't know. This I this, this is the problem, Matt, where because this episode has so many ideas in it, it has so many plot shapes, so many story shapes in it, where you're like, why are they doing this, this, and this? Why is this a Homer getting a new job episode and Marge finding art episode and Marge Homer relationship problem episode? Why are they doing all this at once? And you're like, I, it's probably because they just they pieced all this all together. And they were trying to throw it together and make it make an episode at a time. Like you said, they're making content. They're filling time. They're they have a factory. They're they're doing a Simpson. They're they work at the Simpsons factory. They need to make more Simpsons. Doesn't matter if it looks good as long as they ship it. Um. If you told me, point blank, like, hey, we have an idea for a Simpsons episode. Homer becomes an ice cream man. Like, no, don't do it. We've had enough of Homer has another job. Thanks. You can I I'll even I'll even go further than that, man. Say, say I can you could sell me like, hey, Homer gets a new job. I'd be like, OK, what's the job? That'd be my question. I'd be like some jobs you if you shape the story around them correctly. Like, how silly does it sound that Homer becomes a plow driver, plow truck driver? It's silly, but they make it make sense. Homer becomes an astronaut. They make it make sense. They root it in character motivation and character change and make it make sense. But Ice Cream Man, why? Like, why? what is this? Like, you can maybe sell it on me, but, but they don't sell it to me in this episode. Like, what? Marge needs to be an artist to find herself again. Okay, that's fine. But why is it, why is it po- popsicle stick sculptures? 
That's such a silly idea at face value. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you making it so silly? Why don't you just make us an episode about Mars trying to make art to redeem, like, make herself feel worthwhile again? You could just do an episode about that. But I'm not going to. That's like, that's a different episode than this. Why are we doing? Homer should not be driving ice cream trucks. Only time Homer should be driving ice cream trucks is when he's racing to a nuclear power plant to try and stop a meltdown. <laughs> See, that's another episode. Another Better episode this. that did the same thing. An out of control ice cream truck. Homer at the wheel. Already did it. Crashed. He crashed the ice cream truck in that episode, too. And normally, I am That's not... The, what Homer does. He I, crashes ice cream truck. I'm not the person to point out, oh, the Simpsons already used that idea. But it is crazy in this episode. Oh, my God. D- glass the planet. That's what I say, Matt. Nothing remains from this. We don't need anything in this episode. Keep Here, the one thing I'll keep, we can pass it on to a different episode, some wacky, odd couple hijinks between the rich Texan and Marge. That was fun. I'd like to see more of that. If you need an episode for an idea in season 33, I'm sure they haven't done it yet. Give me Marge uh-huh. and the rich Texan work, working together towards something. It could be fun. I That would be amazing. I cannot wait to see that. Well, unfortunately, Matt, I can't just breathe life in episodes and make them exist. But Aww. considering The Simpsons will exist until like probably for sixty more seasons, you'll we'll see we'll it eventually. eventually. We'll get there. Yeah, they don't have no fears. They have stories for years. Um, that's that's it for six six episodes. We didn't fix it because I'm tired of this. This is Saturday night, I could be playing Death Loop instead. I'm talking about this crap episode. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Comments News Group is where I ask our patrons to leave their thoughts about the episode. Join our Parade of Pain, Cavalcade of Calamity. Uh, I post the, the call out every Monday. I try to remember. <laughs> post it every Monday. Um, everyone who took the time to answer, appreciate you all. Appreciate our patrons. First from Derek. Really don't like the claim that Simpsons got bad from going on too long and running out of steam. In a way excusing the lazy and at times baffling writing as an inevitability. But it's hard to hear a premise like Homer becomes an ice cream man and Marge makes sculptures from popsicle sticks and not think, yeah, this show is out of ideas and needs rested. It's an episode cobbled together from old Homer gets a job, Marge gets a new hobby, and Marge and Homer fall out and quickly reconcile plots. This episode has nothing new to say, nothing new to offer, and so has no reason to exist when everything in it has been done before and done far better. Also, season 10 is often dubbed the Homer gets a job season. Feels like 18 is trying to usurp that title. Later this season, he is a mattress salesman, football referee, and paparazzo. And those latter two examples are from episodes I recall being gulp. Well, good. Well, we'll see. For now, this one is another bore. In the words of Homer's phonics frog from season 15, Z, 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 Z. Pretty good. I like that. I like the phonics frog, man. <laughs> Derek, Derek. I like the I like the, the phonics frog. Oh, that's so much funnier than anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, from Tim, this episode made me think for the first time ever. We need more rich Texan. Seriously, here's a character that has been at best a lazy stereotype that typically does little to advance the plot. That's where opportunity knocks. If the writers would realize that they could develop his character by adding family members and unexpected interests. In that case, this episode might have been a discounted version of the old man and Lisa. But no, we can't have that. Instead, we get idiot Homer and jerk Homer competing for attention. You know, I'll rank it number 333. Mm, I have not even thought about the ranking for this. It hurts me just to think about it. 
Uh, from Charles. Matt and Robbie might kick me out for admitting this, although everyone probably figured it out a while ago. I don't like Marge. Bad habit of the Simpsons writers is the fact they use a giving in person a sympathetic point of view as a sort of get-out-of-jail-free card. They do this so much with Marge that being the victim has become her soul-defining trait. Going back to the first season, she always had this problem. Fixing is how the Marge we all know and love came about. Now, however, they're doubled down on it in later seasons. Because she is automatically soon to be victim, not only does she have to be free reign to do what she wants, but she can no longer actually develop and grow. The very point of this episode is Marge's depression. She hasn't done anything with her life, only for it to turn into pretty much a rehash of Please Hammer. Please, Homer, don't hammer him. You notice that every Marge episode ends up involving her family. They could have done something similar to when Homer got into outsider art. She had how fickle, that Im- fickle this industry is. Heck, have her succeed and deal with that. But no, Homer literally ends up crashing into it. This leads up to another problem, as well as another reminder of the Carpenter episode. Don't th- think this means I sympathize with Homer. Another bad habit of the writers is they think villainizing one character automatically makes another... Another one sympathetic. It's because I don't like Vimarge doesn't mean Homer is any better. Scene where he forces a lactose intolerant kid to eat an ice cream, then starts mocking him about the band was just wrong. That's all I can really say about it. It didn't belong in this episode, let alone this series. Really just write likable characters. That's it. It's hard to know what's likable when you're an alien writing a television (laughs) show, Robbie. (laughs) Yes, that's fair. It's all Tommy Wiseau's in there. That writing's room is just Tommy Wiseau's. Um, or Neil Breen's. Hey, Matt, have you ever watched any Neil Breen movies? I have not, and I know enough to think, nah, I'm good. Matt, you know what that means. No, anything else. Bonus episode, Neil Breen. Oh, God, you no. thought that if you You've seen The Room, though, right? You've seen Tommy Wiseau. I room. have. You thought The Room was bad. Oh, boy, I got some fun for you. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Neil the Breen. room was bad enough that I really enjoyed it. Neil Breen, maybe we can do like a, a, a virtual watch along together. That will make it more pleasant, I think. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Next from JJ. I was less than four minutes in when I thought, this is torture. This is the most Family Guy-esque episode so far. Every joke was either random pop culture reference or mean-spirited. Let's see. In this episode, Homer gives an old man a heart attack, forces a kid with lactose intolerance to eat ice cream, then makes a sarcastic gay joke about him while he passes out, and almost kills his wife and all their friends by driving through her exhibit. Written season 18. This is the most unlikable depiction of Homer we've had yet. He's written like a child throughout, and this is a da- and is a danger to everyone around him. We've also seen Marge feel unfulfilled before. We've seen Homer get another job before. We've seen a member of the family become an outsider artist before, and we've seen Homer and Marge have a marriage crisis before. There's no reason to watch this episode. It hurt my brain. I predict it will be very low. <laughs> I do appreciate you guys' reviews. They're very funny. Uh, from Benjamin. Just looking at how this episode is broken up gives a clue that he didn't have a lot of ideas. First act was a long one full of one story with Homer. The second was short and gave most of Marge's story and the problems. Then they left no time to resolve any of it in a meaningful way. As soon as Homer said he wouldn't let Marge down, we all knew he would. At what point does Marge just divorce him and have the life she actually wants rather than continually ending up this in ending up in the same cycle? Felt like the quote, sorry for having enormous flaws that I don't work on was coming from the writers of the last seven seasons or more. We all know they aren't sorry. They really, really aren't. They're not. They, they're not like Matt. We how many? Like I'll since Al Jean took back over in season fifteen. That's that's three seasons, three plus seasons ago at this point, right? They haven't changed. They they they're just doing the and it, like there. I've heard people have have mentioned like, oh, it's because they were strained because they were working on the movie at the same time. Um, and so, well, were they working on the movie for five years? That, did it take that long to write a movie? One movie? 
You have there like thirty people are credited to the Simpsons movie. It really took that long, and you add it. It hurt your television show. Maybe don't make the movie if it's going to make the television show so bad. Hmm. Next up, people have asked what we're going to do for that movie. I don't know yet. We're figuring it out. We're going to have a, a sit down and talk about it. Probably break it up because it's real long. Might break it up into three, just like it would be three television shows, or do an every an every episode is an act. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Matt, all I know. Oh wait, here. I should I should do this. Patreon.com slash the Simpson Show. You too can be uh one of these lovely people that watch these episodes along with us and leave your reviews. Good or bad. Although, if you're still listening, I highly doubt you think the Simpsons are good at in season eighteen. Uh we move on to our next segment. It's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL is gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite movie adaptation of a book? Lots and lots and lots of great answers. Uh, appreciate everyone. As always, who takes the time to answer? Matt, take it away. All righty. First up from Benjamin, Fight Club. Always a good choice. Uh, from Matt, Alex. I'm going to base it off my... Matt. What? You broke the rule. What rule? Oh, sorry. I said something about Fight Club. Sorry. I have to mention Fight Club. I will uh, apply for a special exemption. Okay, good. Thank you. Uh, from Alex, I'm going to base it off my enjoyment of the adaptation and not necessarily the accuracy of the adaptation. With that said, Jurassic Park, I enjoyed the movie more than the book. It's okay to be wrong, Alex. It's okay. Wait, wait, wait a minute here. Are you telling me that you, again, this is a shoot, right? This is not, you're not working me. You working you. I find it funny to use wrestling lingo in day-to-day life. Do you really like the book Jurassic Park more than the movie? I do. The movie is amazing, but I like the book for different reasons. I, I and you're gonna laugh at me. I enjoy the math in the book. <laughs> I believe you, Matt. I don't. I I believe what you say. <laughs> it's on brand, right? Yes, you're. That is a very Matt answer. So I yes, I okay. I don't. You're you are shooting straight with me. I got it. Good. Yep. Totally. Totally. Okay. All right. Uh, from Rachel, Children of Men, which is a perfect example of changing the source material to suit the medium. The finished product has little resemblance to the novel, but it keeps the same tone and even enhances the social commentary. It turns a decent book into one of the greatest movies of the 2000s. Absolutely 100% true, Rachel. Thank you. Uh, from Tim, I'll go with Moneyball, the Michael Lewis written story of the Oakland A's and their ahead of the, their time use of data analytics to create a winning baseball team with a limited payroll. Wasn't sure how it would translate the film, but the writing of Aaron Sorkin, the directing of Bennett Miller, and the acting from Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, and the late Philip Seymour Hoffman delivered. I really need to see that. Robbie, I mean, that there's got to be a Simpsons episode about Moneyball, right? I think there is, honestly. We could probably do a bonus episode about Moneyball. Oh, good. Thank goodness. All right. Um... From Sherry Holes, it's a tight, heartfelt story with massively interwoven plot lines. The adaptation is almost spot on. In the book, the child starts out fat and gets more trim. In the movie, they were working with actual human children and decided it would be best not to do that. Everything else is amazing, and I cry for Sam every time. Doesn't the movie have Shia LaBeouf in it? It does. <laughs> okay. Uh, Holes is good. I just I, I just can't. Crawling on all four. I just think I uh, actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. That's all I. That's all I. It's not <laughs> his. It's not Shia LaBeouf's fault. Uh, he's a complicated man, uh, but who has done bad things, but also has made some terrific art and I think has had a really rough time as a child, as a child actor. But I not, it doesn't any none of that matters, because all I think about is actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf crawling on all fours. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> if no one is actually if you're out there and you haven't seen the, the, the video of him, of, of the 
performance of actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Look it up on YouTube. It is, it is incredible. Incredible. It is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. It, 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 the fact that Gangnam Style has more views than that video makes me sad for humanity, quite frankly. Gangnam Style? What's that, Matt? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So next up, Lauren. The Lord of the Rings trilogy. The books, although well-written, are also very, very dry, whereas the movies are amazing and well-done not to mention the massive amount of elvish poetry that I don't need to sing along with. Thank oh, you. Oh, come on, Matt. You don't want to sing some elvish poetry? You no, don't want to invent no, a new no. language for your book? I mean, I probably would if I ever wrote a book, but this is not my book. This is somebody else's language that they wrote for their book. So, yeah. All right, next up from Andy. I have two. The well-known one is The Shining slash Shining. However, I am also a fan of Rum Punch by Elmore Leonard, which became Jackie Brown by Quentin Tarantino. Really? I did not know those two were the same book. Holy crap. Robbie, were you aware? I don't think I knew that. Although it makes, now that I do, it makes 1,000% perfect sense. Uh, Elmer Leonard is great. I've never read any of his books, but from what I've heard, I would enjoy them tremendously. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, from Derek, I feel like Baz Luhrmann's 2013 adaptation of The Great Gatsby is a bit polarizing, but I love it. The novel's relevance today is enhanced by the contemporary music. It's visually arresting, and I love how the literary modernists and realist elements are represented through filmic techniques. I should really actually get around to watching that. <laughs> uh, from Mike, Silence of the Lambs. I think the movie is better than the book. From what I've heard, that is accurate. Uh, from at Board ATX, I'm a fan of this little indie flick called Jurassic Park. I don't think anything Steven Spielberg has made since 1984 would count as an indie flick, but okay. I think he's joking. <gasps> is he allowed to do that? He is allowed to do that. There, sometimes there, our listeners do make jokes in their answers to our... I, sometimes I allow them, even. All right. Uh, from at Hippie 200, for me, it's The Shining. It's one of those rare occurrence occasions where I think the film adaptation is actually better than the book. Not that Stephen King would agree, but let's just say I'd rather watch the film many more times, but I'm not interested in reading the book again. Actually, I'm pretty sure Stephen King has uh, agreed that the Shining movie is different enough than the book that it stands enough alone and that he really enjoys it. Uh, but I would never, ever watch that movie again. Uh, from Jessica Ruiz 1, wow, this is so hard because lots of movies missed the mark, but I have a special attachment to the Chronicles of Narnia because it was the first book that I realized was a movie. But it was the old, older original movies that I saw on channel PBS. It was the British version I preferred. I don't think I've ever seen the British versions. Have you, Robbie? Matt, I don't like I don't like C.S. I don't like C.S. Lewis. I don't like the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of them either, uh, but I think they're great for teaching children allegory and symbolism and those sorts of things but in terms of what actually happens yeah i don't a, even I, I, I don't i got it okay jesus books i got it i know there's jesus it's very jesus i don't know thank you <laughs> all right uh from matt yes it's aaron going to try to avoid movies covered by previous questions so i will say from here to eternity which is a terrible book but the movie is a classic some of the most iconic moments in cinematic history are this one also would like to add sergeant fats of jetson <laughs> <laughs> If you guys are new to the podcast, that is a trivia question that Robbie is still baffled that I get right. <laughs> way, Sergeant, way back in the day. Fatso Justin and prepare to eternity. So stupid. <laughs> All right. Uh, from Matt Brian J. Field. If you mean the absolute closest to the book, I'd say the Da Vinci Code. If you mean the best representation, the English patient. Both movies I refuse to watch on principle. <laughs> what? Why? I get the Da Vinci Code, but why the English Patient? Do, do, Robbie, let's read a summary of what the English Patient is about. It's it's slow, Matt. That doesn't make it bad. 
It makes it bad to me, so I am not going to be watching When you want to watch a slow movie, you know what you do? You just put it on, you lay back on the couch, you just kind of let it wash over you, you fall asleep a little bit. Robbie, when I want to watch a movie like that, I watch the movie that I watched today, The Miami Connection. Robbie, are you familiar with The Miami Connection? I am familiar with The Miami Connection. Speaking of bad movies, we mentioned Neil Breen. Oh my god, it was beautifully awful. (laughs) Miami Connection is very bad. I saw so many places that I've been. (laughs) That's true. It is. It's filmed in um, Central Florida. Filmed in Orlando for the most part. Mm-hmm. Literally, they have a, a a rumble in Church Street Station. Mm-hmm. Like you do. <laughs> All right. Moving on. <laughs> for Matt Jive John, gotta be the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. From what I read, it stays pretty true to the book. I've never read uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Have you, Robbie? I read it when I was a wee little child. I have not read most Road Doll since then. All right. Uh, from Matt L. Columbia 88, I really liked Dr. Sleep. That movie was super good, and the book was, too. Robbie, have you seen or read it? All right. I'm I'm just making a lot of enemies today. I did not oh, see no. the movie because I did not like the book, which is crazy. I oh, love wow. The Shining, and I did not like the the book. It felt very... I liked Ewan McGregor a lot, too. I just... I didn't... I, didn't, I was like, oh, it's a sequel to The Shining. That's crazy. With grown-up Danny, what is he going to do? And it's like, oh, he's going to do a very boring book. I don't know. That's I, oh, I wanted. I think the sh- it delivers more of The Shining, and I wanted something entirely different. And I don't. You want The Shining to evolve? That's probably not reasonable, but it's also like I don't know. Moving on uh, from at APW Ben Hur. I did not know it was a book. It is. I'll have to look it up because it's a very good movie. Uh, from at Wastecast Jurassic Park because nature always finds a way. Uh, from at Jaden Lebrun Hugo. I. Am- all right, uh, from at Jason, uh, the Harry Potter series. That's not his username, Matt. What is? Wh- Sorry, uh, from at Jack. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. I like that. Uh, all right, next up from the board gamer, The Martian is an extremely good adaptation of the book. Captures the humor perfectly and hits all the plot points well. I would absolutely agree on that one. Uh, from at one three eight bit. American Psycho, who would have guessed Christian Bale would be the perfect person to play a sociopath? I, an actor playing a sociopath? That's not even a stretch. Oh, man. It's wrong. It's not wrong, but you shouldn't say it. <laughs> it's true, but he shouldn't say it. All right. Robbie, what is your answer? This is really hard for me. Uh, there's a lot of really good answers. Um... I think ultimately I'm just going to go with my gut. I'm going to go with the answer that I feel like there's a lot like there's a lot of answers people use that I think are really good. Like Lord of the Rings just it feels like those books are should be unadaptable. But Peter Jackson made three great movies that each work in their own way. Jurassic Park's great. Um, I'm going to go with Fight Club because I think Fight Club, the book, is just OK. Um, I think it's not even the top five of the Chuck Palahniuk books. Um, but the movie takes everything, all the ideas from that book, and levels them up. They they, they, they all are more well-shaped, better illustrated. The characters are deeper. There's more meaning and more theme and more better. T- like, the tone matches better. Everything about that. David Fincher... Did an incredible job with Fight Club. Um, the my only reticence is because Fight Club's fans don't understand what that movie's about. 
and they like well, it. Of course not. They just see, oh, oh, these guys hit each other. Isn't that great? Oh. <laughs> they don't understand what the movie's about at all. And they, it is it is along the same crowd of people. Like the fans have gotten made the movie appreciably worse since it came out. But even though the movie is basically against everything that it's like, um, I don't know. It's like Starship Troopers. You know, it's like it is a parody in a lot of ways. It's satire. No one under they don't yeah. people don't understand it. Um, that's another answer that you could use is Starship Troopers, which is just a very boring Heinlein sci-fi military novel and turned into incredible satire by Paul Verhoeven. Um, that is my, yeah, I'll, it's funny. The 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 book Starship Troopers is like, isn't libertarianism great? And the movie is like, oh no, it's terrible. <laughs> We're gonna kill everyone. Everyone's gonna die from space bugs because we started a war for no reason. Isn't it great? We're assimilating planets. Colonialism's awesome, isn't it? You're like, no, oh my god, it's really bad. Um, Matt, what's your answer? Uh, my answer is The Lord of the Rings because, Ooh. quite frankly, we read those books and I'm like, oh, these are good books. And every time I see the movies, it is just bafflingly good. Like, those movies are downright incredible. And they were made at a time when no one knew what the hell The Lord of the Rings was. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, that's that book series that, like, all of fantasy is based off of. And for them to come out as good as they did is just, I, I'm pretty sure Peter Jackson has sold his soul to some kind of deity. I mean, considering what he's made since Lord of the Rings, he might have had to do that to make. Maybe. Maybe. Those Hobbit movies are as good as Lord of the Rings are. Those Hobbit movies are a joke. <laughs> it's really. To be fair, to be fair, there was a lot of studio. I know. I interference. Know. I, I, I know. It, it, that song, that dwarf song from the very first movie is, is great. Everything else, I could. Who cares? Throw it away. I don't yeah. need it. Um, next week's question on now for something completely different. What is your favorite ice cream? <laughs> Everyone, it's gonna be a tough one. I, 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 it is. A, I'm gonna have to think about my answer very, very hard. I will also say that I, I don't want, I don't hear excuses. All right, everyone has a favorite ice cream flavor. Okay, it's okay, guys. If you just want to answer vanilla, I'll take that as an answer. That's perfectly fine. Vanilla is pretty good. Just plain vanilla. It is. It's a, it's a, an underrated flavor. Yeah. Our HEP vanilla. Oh my god, it's so good. It's like cheating. It's so good. Um. God, that was a, a slice of apple pie. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy, is what I say. Um, That's uh, our question for next week. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? I will put this on our social media, Twitter, at SimpsonsShowPod. Email us at SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com. Uh, I will also post it on our Patreon, which is, again, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. This episode's already four and a half hours long, but we have another segment to get to. It is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt has a single point lead on me through six episodes. This is episode seven of the season. Matt, give me an easy question. All right, your easy question. Who runs the retreat that Homer and Marge go to in The War of the Simpsons? Revan Lovejoy? You are correct. I'm like, I hope this episode I'm thinking of. Um, your easy question, Matt. They're all from Brush with Greatness. Marge has painted numerous portraits of what beetle? Uh, that would be Ringo Starr. Be correct. I hung your, I hung your portrait on the wall. <laughs> all right, your median question. What is the name of the place where the marriage retreat is held? It's on a lake. 
I forget if it's just called Lake something or if it's something else that happens to have a Lake something there. I'm going to go with, I really don't know. It's a blind guess. Lake, Lake, God almighty. Lake Sherwood, Sherwood Lake, Sherwood Lake. That's my answer. I'm afraid it's Catfish Lake. Catfish Lake. Oh, of course. That makes sense. Ah. Okay, Matt. You're meeting question. call it Catfish Lake unless it had catfish in it. It's true. It's true. Your meeting question. Homer's rice cakes have how many calories in them? Uh, I believe it's 35 calories a piece. Dang it. Yes, that's <laughs> correct. I mean, it's pretty accurate. I mean, most, most rice cakes are between 30 and 50 calories. So, you know, they got that right. I'm kicking things. I'm, All so right. I'm so angry, man. I'm so upset. I almost smashed things. I'm Aww. so angry. Is is it as bad as Sergeant Fatso Jetson? No, obviously not. Okay. I'm never it's never I don't I'm gonna I don't think I'll ever match that. Yeah, Matt. I I don't like I believe hundred percent you remember thirty five calories easily. I when you said the words Sergeant Fatso Judson, I I literally I did like I I, I <gasps> Like you have the moment where you dis like you 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 feel like your spirit is above your body looking down on you. Like I felt like I was disconnected from my body. It was so crazy. I never I did not in a million years did I think you would remember Sergeant Fatso Judson. God Almighty! I need to go back and listen to the episode. I don't remember where it was, but neither do I. I, I know I screamed like a maniac because I just didn't believe it. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for your hard question? I am. Three-hour podcast. Here we go. All right. What are the ingredients in Flanders Planters Punch? God almighty. Uh, we should make that and drink it, whatever it is. Um, I know my wife will be it. Flanders Planters Punch. Uh, planters Peanuts. Um, I'm guessing. I have no idea. Uh, peanuts. This is early Flanders, so there might actually be booze in there. I'm not sure, though. I'll say there is. I'll say there's rum, peanuts, and fruit juice. Uh, Well, this is early Flanders, so in fact, it is three shots of rum, a jigger of bourbon, and a dab of roux of creme de cassis for flavor. I mean, it sounds pretty good. I drink that. I'm in, I've been following a, a cocktail YouTube lately, Matt, and I'm kind of wanted to yeah i I have no interest in mixing like 10 million drinks even though i really want to try them i also don't want to go to a bar i don't know i'm a i'm a strange man your hard question matt what is the slogan of the springfield community college extension center it's where marge takes her painting classes right right right. um yeah you'll get beat up less than high school (laughs) that's not bad off the top of your head for a guess it is where old dogs learn new tricks of course, of course. Um, Matt now has a three-point lead on me, so that's great. That's awesome. Cool. Great. Awesome. I'm sorry I know how many calories are I, in the I'm, rice cakes. I'm sorry that I'm dumb, Matt. That's really the answer. I can't. I don't blame you for being smart. It's me. I'm the problem because I'm stupid. Um, but we still have a while to go. I can make up ground slowly but surely. That's the problem. It takes an appreciable, concerted effort, and I'm just not consistent. We can move on to our final segment, the segment we get every single episode with. It's time for Best Episode Ever. Best Episode Ever. Best Episode Ever is the part of the show where men and I rank the episodes categorically. We watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Oh, boy. It's... The long scroll. We should have done this in reverse order, just so we don't have to keep scrolling to the bottom. 
yeah, reverse it so that the worst episode's on top. Um, uh-huh. Okay, this episode's real bad. It made me upset. It's pretty bad. I don't think... Huh. It... Mm. I look at this list and every time I'm like, Ugh. I don't... This, these episodes on the bottom are just so bad that it's hard to break them at this point. And this episode is real bad. I think... Hmm. I think it's better than Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore. But I don't know if it's that much better than anything above it. Kiss Kiss. Okay. Um, that's 342. Yeah, that, that's that's where I was looking. I was looking in like the, the 330s and 340s. I mean, Mobile Homer is a stupid one about the RV. Uh, God. Uh, the monkey suit. Oh, geez. Um, They're all... These are all... This is... I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore is the upper threshold of... I don't know. Just so it like it's everything. Everything is yeah. bad. Like it's it's messy plotting, bad writing, not funny, offensive, wrong headed. Like there's just laundry list, and they get worse and worse as you go down. Um, I don't think this is there. It's it's very bad. There are little tiny bits here and there that go. Oh, that's nice. That's something. Um, but there's not much redeeming in it. So I'd put it above Kiss Kiss Bangalore. I don't even... Is it better than Million Dollar AB? That's what I'm trying to decide right now, because Million Dollar AB maybe had something worthwhile in it. I mean, it's just... Not a lot, but maybe something. I think this is better than Million Dollar AB. Okay. I think it's so better than... above that. I think it's better than that. There's Mobile Homer, which is the terrible... Or the terrible episode with rv um hmm. i mean the rv episode was stupid but i don't think it was this unnecessary uh i don't know matt we're really bad it's it's real i i think this is better than mobile homer i we haven't watched mobile homer is a while ago um it was season 16 um i think this is worse i think that I, I would say i think that is worse than this i think this is better than mobile homer but i think we're getting very close because I think Homer and Ned's Hail Mary Pass is better than this. Um, so there's only two. Really? Wow. I, I, I think it's better. I mean, the monkey suit is really, really dumb. So, yeah, monkey suit is really <sighs> stupid. I don't know. I, I think I'm at the point where it's like the monkey suit is so dumb. I think it's actually worse than this. <laughs> what is G.I. Annoyed Grunt again? Uh, that we just watched. Uh, that's oh G- that's... God! Yes, that's. Uh, no, no, no. I, I just remembered. No, this, this is better than that. <laughs> this is better. Oh okay. God, that was so stupid. Jeez, it's very stupid. Um, it, but it, I think that's where we're at. Where these are just really stupid, but they don't have too much like wrongheadedness. Like the the worst of this, I think, worst of it in this episode is him feeding ice cream to that kid. Like it, you know, it, it's. It's absurd. Like, it's not as bad as, like, Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore, where it's like, oh, this whole episode's racist. Or Tennis the Menace, or Three Days of the Condo, where it's just full of gay stereotypes. Or, you know, yeah. Dude, Where's My Ranch, which just dismisses all Native Americans. Um, I think that's... We're just like, these are all real stupid. Like, they're just full of dumbness. Um, they don't make any sense. Homer and Ed's Hail Mary Pass. I think Homer and Ed's Hail Mary Pass has enough in it to make it better. Not a lot. That's true, because I mean... At least the Ned plot is kind of interesting. I think again, this is where we're, we're splitting hairs. Where it's just like there's a there's things that I go, oh, that's nice. That's something. That's a there's a kernel, and there's a kernel. There's a kernel or two in this episode, but largely it's just so bad. Um, is that a, that sound good, Matt? 
That sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay. That is number new number three thirty eight on our list is Ice Cream of Margie with the light blue hair. What a terrible name for an episode. Um, it is right below Homer and Nettail Mary Pass, right above G.I. Annoyed Grunt. Last on our list is Codependence Day. Number one is still Homer's Enemy. Um, we're almost done, Matt. But before we go, we have to answer a very important question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? We are on I mean, the re- we are on the record already in this very episode. This episode should not exist. This is the closest we can ever get to it, Matt. Yes, let's just get rid of it as fast as possible. All right, I'm um, here. Give me one second. <laughs> All right, I uh, I loaded. I there's a double uh, there's double firepower in this shot. Okay, so it's oh, we're getting faster. Is we're getting a more escape velocity. Hopefully, we get this out of the atmosphere. And on a trajectory towards the sun, you know, burn up in the nuclear fire that the series of nuclear fire explosions that is our sun. Um, So, you know what we say with Matt? We say fire the cannon. (laughs) Goodbye forever is what we say to that. Ice cream of Margie. God almighty. What a title. I hate it so much. Every time I say it, I hate it more. Um, (laughs) We... Are working our way down the list from the very top, uh, answering the same same question: Is if the episodes are staying the canon or not? And we're still in the in the, in the classic territory because we are at see, Sweet Seymour Skinner's badass song, which is number sixty six on our list. Um, yeah, of course. Yes, absolutely. But that's one of the the best things about Skinner is that episode. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a it really sets a solid foundation of what Skinner is and who he is. And I believe that that is Tide, Dawn, Gain, Bold, Bold. Biz. <laughs> it's so confident. Just that one bit, Matt. That one bit is so confident. And can you think of a single bit that takes that much time in the last five seasons of The Simpsons that we've watched? Just one single gag that just is confident in itself and, and confident that it can carry that gag through the, with an audience where it's just like having a single character stand in a single, having no movement at all on screen except for Skinner, stay in front of a, uh, stay in a laundromat in front of a detergent machine, just saying names of detergents for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious. So, so good. Still memorable. Still quotable. So great. Um, so of course, sweet Sim- sweet Seymour Skinner's badass song still solid stays in the canon. Of course, okay, Matt. Our next episode, the Haw Hauled Couple. Oh, it's the Cletus episode. Is it? I don't so. know. It doesn't sound familiar. No, it's it's a it's Nelson. It's a Nelson episode. Oh, okay. Nelson okay. becomes best friends with Bart. I believe is what from what I can tell. Interesting. Um, Bart becomes Nelson's new best friend. It's written by Matt Selman. Matt Selman has written a lot of the better post-Golden Years episodes. He was nominated for a Writers Guild of America Award, uh, which doesn't mean anything. Um, because they nominate lots of episodes. Every single episode was nominated was a Simpsons episode, uh, apparently. Um, but that's next week. I certainly hope it's better than this week. That's all I can. At this point, you can find this list at our website. It's thesimpsonsshow.com. It has links to everything on there, uh, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, and links to 
to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Um, helps keep the lights on, helps case for hosting, helps support us. We appreciate everyone who supports us there. Get a bunch of bonus podcasts along the way. Uh, that'll do it for us. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. That's my name. My name is also on my website, RobbieDorman.com, which includes links to everything I do online, all my other podcasts, which I've mentioned even on today, and links to purchase my horror novels. My newest novel is called Death Rattle. It is about uh, a grizzled Texas redneck fighting off vampires from his dying Texas town. Uh, it's a fantastic novel. One of my favorites. Probably my favorite. Maybe my favorite. On some days, it is my favorite novel I've ever written. You should go check it out. And all my other novels are on Amazon. You, They're all $4.99 for the ebook for Kindle edition. Uh, they're also, you can read them for free with Kindle Unlimited. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. No, in fact, this episode is later than I would have liked because I had to spend all my time with kittens. If you'd like to see adorable kittens and how they got adopted, uh, you can check out Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram, and you get to see the adorableness that is now in their loving forever homes. Isn't that sound great, guys? You should go do that. They're really see cute. see how incredibly Matt, cute they are. Matt sent me a picture while we were chatting, while we were podcasting, of the two kittens that got adopted. They're really cute. You should go look and see them. On, the, on that Instagram. There's a lot of kitten Instagrams. This is the best one. It's by far the best the one. The best one. Hey, go follow it. Why would you not follow the best kit? I just said it was the best one. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Okay, watch this. Uh... Shh.